0: Thanks for checking out podcasts on the gym. The latest episode of the Todd Brommel Camp Show with Alex Kuhn starts now.
1: online at KGYMRadio.com. To get things started, Nicholas Mariano said to join me in about 10 minutes or so. Talk a little Chicago Bears. The Kevin Warren hire tried to get somebody on the program yesterday. Was unsuccessful. So we'll chat with Nicholas here in the first hour. Rob Howe of Hawkeynation.com, also with me tonight beginning at 430. And then coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll turn our attention to Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. Mia O'Brien going to join me from Jacksonville, Florida. We'll take a look not only at the Chargers-Jaguars game, but the rest of the NFL playoff slate. We will have all five weekend games for you, five and a half, sort of. We'll be joining tomorrow's 49ers-Seahawks game in progress. We won't be able to bring you the whole game because of Iowa State and Kansas men's basketball. But four and a half games, better than nothing, right? 319 1600 the number to reach me here on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids as I come to you from the Circus Sports Iowa studios. Big win last night for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's hear Fran McCaffrey on his team's comeback win over the Wolverines.
2: I thought uh, on a number of different levels, you know, we really maintained our composure. You start the game, you know, Jets on fire. Uh, he's a handful. You know, you, you got him and Dickinson to deal with, but other guys are making shots too. But we hung in there, made a couple runs. Obviously, we got unbelievable play from our bench, you know, Peyton and Josh Dix obviously, but also Riley Mulvey. Happy to see him have some production and, and get some experience. I thought Philip. You know, sometimes when you get in foul trouble, and you sit, then you come back in. You know, you're not able to impact the game, like maybe if you were in it the whole time. And he did. And we needed him to. So, you know, just, you know, that one lineup, we kind of stuck with them. I thought they were clicking at both ends. You have size, you have physicality, and uh, really, really proud of that group. But, you know, out-rebounded them. They're a really good defensive team. We only had six turnovers. So many people produced.
1: Iowa was a six, five and a half point favorite, depending on where or when you bet the game last night, if you did bet the game. And I said last night, I thought Michigan and the points was the way to go. And for most of the game, that looked to be a pretty astute observation. Michigan uh, winds up with a 43-40 lead at the half. Then the second half takes place. Hawkeyes do a great job of getting to the free throw line, making... Their free throws, something that Juwan Howard, Michigan's coach, was not necessarily pleased about after the game. And then overtime rolled around. Hawkeyes outscoring Michigan 14-5 to in the extra period to win 93-84. You bet on the Hawkeyes last night, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. 319-366-1600. The game will go down as the Peyton Sanford game. 32 minutes on the floor, 9 of 17 from the floor, a career-high 26 points, including 4 of 9 from beyond the arc. Possibly his best effort, though, a no-look behind the— I still trying to figure out the lob pass, a kind of a throwback to the Dr. Tom days, and then sort of chucks it up over his shoulder— drawn contact from the Michigan defender. Peyton Sanford, nobody needed a big game more than Peyton Sanford for the Hawkeyes last night, and he comes through in a big way. Iowa now turns its attention to Maryland coming to town on Sunday afternoon. That's a three thirty tip-off on the Big Ten Network, the second of three consecutive home games. I asked you last night on the program, can Iowa go 3-0? and in this home stretch. Mitch Fick of CBS2 Iowa News now tweeting last night that, look, um, a month ago, we're sitting here talking about Iowa winless in Big Ten play and is the season going to spiral out of control? And all of a sudden, you got the Hawkeyes now 3-3 three and three in Big Ten play. Again, 11-6 and six overall, the Most up-to-the-minute bracketology of Joe Lenardi at ESPN now has Iowa in the field. I don't like paying attention to that stuff, but, hey, it fills 15 seconds of airtime on a two-hour show. And when you're doing this, you need all the 15-second fillers you can find. 319-366-1600. Isaac is here with me today as well, our newly minted producer. Isaac, did I catch you... You watching soccer out there? You are watching soccer. What do you got? Little little Bundesliga? Little uh, La Liga? Premier League? What's going on? 319-366-1600. He's sneaking it like, like he's doing something covert back there. I don't care. You can watch soccer. It's sports-related. Sports radio talk show. 319-366-1600. Again, we'll have Nicholas Moriano... Coming up in just a few minutes, from CHGO Sports, we've had Kevin Kaduk on the program with us before. That's the company that Kevin helped launch to get off the ground in Chicago. Nicholas, a University of Iowa graduate, which I did not know, as I was trying to get somebody to join us yesterday to discuss the Bears hiring of Kevin Warren. So we'll chat with him coming up in just a few minutes, 319 366 Hunter You want to keep your focus on Iowa men's basketball, though? Certainly wouldn't blame you. Uh, Ten points from Josh Dix, by the way, last night, too, kind of flying under the radar. Iowa led by uh, 27 from Chris Murray. Philip Rabracha, with another double-double, 13 points and 12 rebounds as the Hawkeyes, uh, again, they won that game in my opinion, at the free throw line, going 17 of 22 from the free throw line. Michigan got to the line just six times. Made four of them, but that's life on the road in the Big Ten. Hunter Dickinson did not exactly have a dominating performance as many people expected he possibly could last night. Dickinson finishes with a double-double of his own, 12 points and 13 boards. Michigan got 34 points from Jet Howard, the son of Juwan Howard. Uh, let's go ahead and head to the phone lines and talk a little Iowa basketball here before we turn our attention to the Bears. We've got Thomas in Iowa City. Thomas, what's up? What's on your mind?
3: Um, I want to know if you think, do you think Peyton
4: Sanford's going to continue to have games like that every night?
1: Oh, Thomas, that's a million-dollar question. And the answer is no, I don't. He is He's a streaky shooter. And if you can get those games out of him once a month, I think Fran McCaffrey and the Hawkeyes would take it. The key to him, the key to Peyton Sanford, is just finding that happy medium. I mean, he doesn't need to go for 26 every single night. But he also has to avoid those nights where we've seen 0 for 6, 0 for 7 from beyond the arc. And Iowa can get him to contribute half of that production last night, especially if Patrick McCaffrey gets healthy and mentally and comes back and joins this team and the rotation start, the minutes start to shrink a little bit more for guys like Peyton Sanford. They do not need him to go 9-17 to from the floor every night to win games. But what they need him to do is to make some shots. And for the longest time, that was a struggle for him. So I've I've got this... Text chain, as many people do nowadays. My friends uh, will occasionally text me during Iowa basketball games, Iowa football games, and it was interesting because last night the focus of the text chain turned to Peyton Sanford, and I have made the comment here a number of times. When he's not shooting well, he looks like a like a gray teamer, like the old Dr. Tom gray teamers at the end of the bench that people used to root for for them to get on the floor in garbage time. And two of the guys that were in the text chain forwarded other texts to me that they got from other people that they were communicating with during the game talking about, well, making similar comparisons to what Peyton Sanford has looked like to what he did look like last night. Sanford has gone from the worst D1 player, not my words, to one of the best, at least for today. Again, not my words, but you get multiple texts like that last night. Again, these are texts in the heat of the moment from hardcore fans, guys I went to school with, and and they're talking to hardcore fans too. Even Iowa's Twitter account refers to this as the peyton Sandford game last night. 319-366-1600. A couple guys that didn't have great games last night. Tony Perkins, one of six from the floor in 16 minutes. Connor McCaffrey, just one of three from the floor. But this is starting to look like a team sort of, I don't want to say mutts. It's not the right terminology here, but it's going to be a committee on any given night around Chris Murray. When you go for 27 and you're not the star of the show, that tells you all you need to know about the Hawkeyes' effort last night. And again, we'll see what they do against Maryland coming up on Sunday. Hawkeyes have an opportunity to get above the 500 mark seven games into the Big Ten season, which again, a couple weeks ago, did not look like it was going to be an easy reality for them 319-366-1600 here's fran mccaffrey talking about the comeback iowa down seven late in the game
2: well you know it started you, you need a couple stops which we got but then it's execution at the other end you got to come down and execute get into your stuff quickly we ran some some late game packages and you know sometimes You know, it's not necessarily what you run, it's who's running it. You call something and they jam it up or they switch. Somebody's gotta go make a play. And you can't milk the whole clock when you're down under two minutes. So I know our guys understood, we have gotta get a good shot, we have to execute. We're coming down the stretch, but we can't just quick shoot the ball and start jacking. So I thought our shot selection, our ball movement was good. Obviously helps when you get an N one.
1: Again, Fran McCaffrey after last night's nine-point win by the Hawkeyes, 93-84 at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. We turn our attention from Iowa. We'll get back to the Hawkeyes. Rob Howe, hawkeye Going to be joining me in about 15 minutes or so after Sports Center at the bottom of the hour. But let's talk a little Chicago Bears. Yesterday we discussed the hire of Kevin Warren and how I thought it was sort of a monumental hire for the bears nicholas moriano joining me now from chgo sports we've had kevin Kaduk on the program a number of times in the past going all the way back to when kevin was at yahoo he's got this great operation now chgo sports they cover everything chicago the bears blackhawks nicholas as i understand it a university of iowa graduate right nick that is correct 2017 2017 wow that uh uh, what's your favorite thing to do in Iowa City when you get back? When's the last time you were back in Iowa City?
4: Oh, good question. I think it was probably now it's two years ago. Uh, came up for a, was it Iowa-Purdue football game, I believe. But to answer your question, it's getting to watch football games at Kinnick Stadium. I can I never get tired of that. And, you know, there's some reservation. Um, they've done some, like, reservations over there and renovations and you know just anytime i get to go back to to iowa state it's always a good time i'll bring a couple buddies along with me to relive some college days but yeah, definitely going to
1: football games. It never gets old reliving the college days. So, I, I did not get a chance to listen to the podcast that you guys did yesterday. CHGO Sports, again, has a Bears specific podcast that you're a part of. But, what was your reaction to the Kevin Warren hire? Because when I heard the news, and this has been speculated for about a week, week and a half now that he was going to get that job, I thought it was a sort of a watershed day for the Bears organization.
4: Yeah, it was something that was kind of in the works. There was news that had leaked prior to the actual announcement that came earlier in the week. So we, we at THGO and probably a bunch of other Bears reporters kind of knew that this might be coming, but it was a, a signifying of change for the Chicago Bears. Uh, obviously, a storied franchise, but very so much like caught up in its own way and doing things a very traditional way. Kevin Warren brings a completely different dynamic to that, especially what seeing what he's able to do with the Big Ten, the orchestrating the seven-year, $8 billion meteorite deal, brought USC and UCLA. So he's going to bring some different things, but it kind of fits what the Chicago Bears are trying to do. With Ryan Ryan Poles now there, Justin Fields, your, your franchise quarterback. But it was a big move for the, the Chicago Bears to really enter the modern era of football. Uh, I would say, because there's a lot of things, like I said, just are done in a traditional way, but Kevin Warren can definitely shed a new light on how to do things in a more up-to-date way, for sure.
1: It probably also helps that one of the things that he's remembered for from his time with the Minnesota Vikings was helping them make the transition to U.S. Bank Stadium. Where Where are the Bears right now as far as the Arlington Heights debate goes?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's looking, especially with the Kevin, now Kevin Warren being a part of, of the Bears organization, it's seeming like that will be the move eventually. And I know, like, you, you'll see, like, there's these renovations that are potentially can be brought to Soldier Field and how they can make things work there, but it just makes so much sense given what Kevin Warren was able to do with the U.S. Bank Stadium. And having been there the past three years, uh, going to just the road game that the Bears will play there, like, that's what the Bears should be aiming for, just something that is modern, up-to-date, and just how everything works and works there. That's what Soldier Field, the Bears organization, would, would essentially like to be, considering how how effective it's been and how it's regarded as one of the better stadiums in the national football. It's definitely my favorite to go to for games, but this would definitely be the move that I think if you're the Bears – now you have the new president and CEO with Kevin Warren. You have Ryan Poles, and you're not getting. You're you're still like the city owns Soldier Field, so you want to have your own stadium and everything that you can build around there. But that would seem like to me not the nail in the coffin, but pretty close to it with Kevin Warren kind of joining the Chicago Bears here.
1: Nicholas Moriano with me for just a couple more minutes. Chgo Sports uh, covering the Chicago Bears the number one overall draft pick falls into the Bears' lap. Ryan Polls says, open for business. What's your gut feeling here? I know it's really early on. Do you think the Bears are going to use that pick, or do you think they're going to wind up trading it?
5: I
4: think they'll wind up trading it. Um, when you look at all the needs that the Bears have, and that's kind of made um, just my... I guess research for the Bears draft pick's a little difficult because oh, they do need a left tackle, they do need a wide receiver, they do need a three tech and an edge. And you can get a lot of resources for that number one overall pick. And when you hear, you know, guys like Chris Ballard from the Indianapolis Colts say they'll move heaven and earth to get their quarterback, like as Ryan poles, you're probably seeing, Hey, what can we do here for your number four overall pick? And get a couple of first-rounders in return because of all the resources that the Bears do need. And if you could trade that down and still stay within the top five, you're still guaranteeing yourself a very uh, immediate starter, an impactful player at a position of need most likely for the Bears. And I know there's been maybe some speculation of whether or not the Bears would consider a quarterback at that position, but Ryan Poles said at the end of your press conference, he would have to absolutely be blown away. I don't know if, you know, C.J. Straub, Bryce Young are the guys that do that for Ryan Poles, especially when they have Justin Fields and how he played in year two. So my gut feeling right now on January 13th is that the Bears will end up trading back and getting a, a haul for uh, in return for that number one overall pick.
1: Where are you at when it comes to Justin Fields? Are you firmly in his camp at this point?
4: You know, for me, I think Justin Fields showed enough for me to to say that I think he can be a successful quarterback in this league. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't have things to work on because he definitely does. The passing game was not what it needed to be for the Chicago Bears. Anytime you rank dead last in passing yards and receiving, you know, the quarterback has to take some blame for that. But there's just so much fluctuation on the offensive line game to game same could be said for the wide receivers and you know Justin Fields was a big part of of the reason why the Bears were in some of the games they really shouldn't have been when it was a one score game against the Philadelphia Eagles they were in it for you know a good part of a half against the Buffalo Bills and there are games where you look at the Bears roster and some of these other teams and thinking they shouldn't be in this game but Justin Fields was able to single-handedly do that himself and you did have to do it with like the big thing for him, especially in year three, is to really elevate that passing game. And what can help with that is getting a number one wide receiver. Another one of those things the Bears desperately need as they kind of are heading into the 2023 offseason.
1: Well, Nicholas, we appreciate you taking the time to join me here on a Friday. Always love chatting with guys who went to the University of Iowa. Next time you're back, uh, we'll relive some of those college days. We're, we're a little ways apart. I was there in the the late 90s, early 2000s, but we can still find a place to grab a cold one. Nick, appreciate it.
4: Thank you so much, Dad.
1: Have a good one. All right, Nicholas Moriano, CHGO Sports. Check him out. Again, our pal Kevin who has been on the program with us a number of times here in the past, going back to his Yahoo days. Really kind of a unique thing that they're trying to do there with their podcasts and the writing-focused on all the teams, specific podcasts. Uh, great to have Nicholas on the program. Rob Howe's going to be coming up in just a few minutes at the bottom of the hour. I said Sports Center earlier. It's a big board update. Bottom of the hour. Sports centers are at the top of the hour. It's Friday. I've already got my mind on other things. The big news, uh, not necessarily big news as it pertains to Iowa football today, though, but Iowa did announce that season tickets are going to be. Slightly less expensive next season. And given the home schedule, probably not necessarily a bad thing. How much cheaper are they going to be? Mm, It's marginal. Season tickets ran anywhere between $345 to $450 this season uh, based on where they were located. Next season, season ticket prices will be anywhere between $335 to $400 and $25. So a difference of $10 on the low end, a difference of $25 on the high end, and then you do the math over the number of games. Again, it's not necessarily... There's nothing to read into this, by the way. This is something that I think you, you see teams, organizations, both professional and collegiate, do from time to time as sort of... A little bit of a, a bone to the fan base after a year that some would describe as as being difficult, although, although the Hawkeyes did end on a high note, uh, winning uh, almost winning out, uh, finishing the season at seven and five before going to Nashville and winning the Music City Bowl 319366, 1600. And that seems like it was uh, seems like it was a million years ago. At this point, doesn't it? Just uh, two weeks removed from that game, essentially. Next year's home schedule for the Hawkeyes, by the way, kicks off on September 2nd. So the home portion of the schedule for Iowa next year features non-conference games against Utah State and Western Michigan. And then the Big Ten slate at Kinnick Stadium, Michigan State on September 30th. Purdue is the homecoming contest on October 7th. Minnesota brings Floyd of Rosedale to Iowa October 21st. And then you've got... Uh, Iowa has uh, still has Floyd of Rosedale. They f- will play for Floyd of Rosedale. That's what I should say. Rutgers on November 11th. Illinois on November 18th. And that does it for the home schedule next season. So... You don't see the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, even Michigan State on the home portion. Uh, Michigan State on September 30th uh, kicking things off there, but not exactly a great home slate for the Hawkeyes next year. The donations, I'm assuming, for the things like parking and everything, probably still the same. I don't think they included any information on that in the release. They also mentioned going will be some issues with parking next year due uh, due to the ongoing construction in and around the area on the west side of the river near the sports complex 319-366-1600 that I don't feel sorry the folks that have to deal with trying to placate people that have parking passes here and you're moving them they got no place to put you so they have to move you it is a thankless job undoubtedly 319-366-1600 Rob Howe is going to be joining me here in just a little bit. We'll get his thoughts on Iowa's win last night. Uh, Peyton Sanford again 27 26 points last night. Somebody on the text line uh, pointing out that he did have 22 in Iowa's prior game. He also had 11 and 0 and 0 prior to. Like I said, it's it's not that I'm criticizing him. It's just that he is the epitome. He's the definition of streaky at this point. If you want to be totally optimistic about Peyton Sanford, and I understand most fans probably are in that category, you can convince yourself that the light bulb has gone on and this is what you're going to get moving forward. I think you're setting yourself up for massive disappointment if you expect that. I think you've got to just hope that you find that happy medium, that he's not going 0 for 7, 0 for 8 from the floor and from beyond the arc, but he's also probably not going to be 9 of 17 on a lot of nights, 4 of 9 from three-point range. But the contributions that Iowa got from him last night – well, let's just go ahead and hear from the star of the show himself, Peyton Sanford, scoring the final seven points in regulation for the Hawkeyes last night as they come from behind to tie up the Wolverines and force overtime. They're running stuff for you late when you hit the four-point play and that, the three right before that. Was that just kind of designed for you?
6: Uh, there was one that was designed for me, and then uh, when they hit the shot to go... Up four we just kind of were in motion and i came off the pin down kind of felt him on my hip and just i knew we had to get one up quick and then got taken out so is it fair to say that I can... shot was a heat check uh yeah you could say that at the <laughs> perfect time
1: <laughs> heat check how quickly things change in college basketball especially in the big ten the other game last night was taking place while i was on the air Talked about how Minnesota was a 15-point underdog going into Columbus to take on the Buckeyes and how the number had moved from 15 to 14. And I said rather glibly, you know, guys with the money came in on Minnesota. They liked 15-point Minnesota, which I still believe is the doormat of the Big Ten. (laughs) Goes into Columbus last night, Value City Arena, and pulls off the upset victory over Ohio State on the road. It's college basketball. I keep having these discussions with other people about, especially as it pertains to sports betting, and, man, the NFL is so hard, and NHL. The NHL is so difficult. If you were listening to the show yesterday, I said, Colorado, puck line, Blackhawks. Blackhawks wound up winning that game. Dave Sherapan was with me yesterday. He says, St. Louis, Calgary, bet the over. Vegas and Florida, bet the over. Neither one of those overs cash, so it's difficult, but college basketball is the absolute most difficult to handicap consistently, in my opinion. You just never know on any given night how surprised you're going to be. Hopefully, uh, Iowa has a lot more of those positive surprises left in the tank than they do the other kind. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll get you a Big board update, as I mentioned. We come back. Rob Howe of Hawkeynation.com hopping on the program here. We'll get his thoughts on Peyton Sanford's performance last night and whether or not the Hawkeyes have truly turned the
0: corner. Back with more of the Todd Camp Show after this. Time for a big board update on KGYM. I'm Spencer Wagon. Let's start with college basketball, where Peyton Sanford scored 24 of his career-high 26 points in the second half in overtime as the Iowa men's basketball team rallied to beat Michigan 93-84 to in overtime Thursday night at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Sanford scored the final seven points of regulation, including a four-point play with 20 seconds left to force overtime. Chris Murray added 27 for the Hawkeyes, who have won three straight. They'll host Maryland coming up Sunday afternoon. Game time is set for 3.30. In the NFL, the playoffs begin this weekend with the wild card round, and former Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy will lead the San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow afternoon in the first game of Wild Card weekend. Purdy says the team is feeling good heading into the playoffs.
6: I mean, Fred said it really well at practice yesterday. He's like, man, you should feel this, you know, this, feeling in your gut you know of, man we're in we're in playoffs it matters obviously every single day every meeting every minute matters um, so like there's a good vibe right now going on you know obviously at practice in the locker room so feels good it's good energy um, we just got to translate it onto the field and, and be detailed with everything because everything matters so um, but all the guys are really juiced up
0: the 49ers and Seahawks kick off tomorrow at 3.30. And history was made for the Iowa State women's soccer team as goalkeeper Jordan Silkowitz was taken by the Kansas City Current in the National Women's Soccer League draft yesterday. Silkowitz was the 18th pick overall in the NWSL draft. She's the first Cyclone to be drafted in program history. Tonight on KGYM, we've got the Betfred Sportsbook Hour at 6 with Matt Peralta and Dave Sharapan, followed by ESPN Radio Programming. And that's a big board update. I'm Spencer Wagan on the gym.
7: Eastern Iowa weather on the gym. From the CBS to iOS News Now with the first forecast. All right, meteorologist next door, decreasing clouds throughout the night tonight. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Temperatures in the upper teens for your Saturday. Partly cloudy skies throughout the afternoon. Temperatures back in the mid 30s. Saturday night, mainly cloudy to partly cloudy skies. Temperatures dropping to near 30 on Sunday. And a mainly cloudy sky. We're back in the mid 40s for highs. Monday, temperatures right back near 50. South winds gusting around 25 miles per hour with rain likely throughout the day. And that was a check of your iWiz News now with the first forecast.
3: Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL same-game parlays or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you'll get back in free bets. In the Vikings-Giants game, if you like Daniel Jones going over the rushing yards total, Justin Jefferson going over the receiving yards total, and Saquon Barkley as an anytime touchdown score, that's an intriguing same game parlay. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre built for you in FanDuel's top rated Sportsbook app. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? You can also get $100 in free bets win or lose when signing up with promo code KUHN. That's promo code K U H N. 21 plus and present in Iowa. Bonus issue does is not withdrawable. Free bets expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet. $100. Restrictions supply See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
8: This summer, just say what the fun in a rugged fuel-efficient Honda SUV. America's most fuel-efficient full-line automaker. And have whatever fun you want. Camping, water skiing, a 12-game round-robin travel ball tournament crisscrossing the entire region. What the fun indeed. New Hondas are arriving daily, so get to your Central Midwest Honda dealer today. Honda gets the Midwest. Based on EPA estimate model year 2020 large full-line automaker fleet-wide fuel economy. 2021 EPA Automotive Trends Report, November 2021.
3: KGYM is an equal opportunity employer. And under FCC rules, any community organization that distributes information about employment opportunities or refers people to employers may ask to be notified about job vacancies at KGYM. If your organization would like notification of KGYM's job vacancies, contact Julie Hine. Email julie at kzia.com or write her at 1110 26th Avenue Southwest, Cedar Rapids, Iowa 52404.
1: Emil's Hideaway is the place to get together. Stop in for a drink and some chow with your buddies. Emil's opens every day at 4. If you're hanging out at home instead, order pickup and delivery at emil'shideaway.com. Emil's Hideaway, a great place to meet up with friends. Seems kind of appropriate at this point, 437, as we make our way to 6 o'clock tonight. Todd Camp show coming your way on Eastern Iowa's home for ESPN Radio. Keep it here all weekend long as we are your home for the Super Wild Card Weekend Games. We'll have both contests for you tomorrow, joining San Francisco and Seattle in progress. All three games. On Sunday, we'll even throw in Iowa State and Kansas men's basketball tomorrow. Pre-game with John Walters here on the Cyclone Sports Network is set for 2 o'clock. Mia O'Brien going to join me during drive time, the 5 o'clock hour. We'll take a look at some of those NFL games, including Jacksonville and L.A., the Chargers without Mike Williams for that contest officially without him now. But as promised, Rob Howe, kind enough to take some time out on a Friday to join me here on KGYM. Uh, Looking back on last night's 93-84 win for the Hawkeyes over Michigan at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Rob, has this team turned the corner?
9: I think that would be a bit premature. And I think if you look back three games ago, the sky was falling. I would also caution people not to start celebrating here. This is a tough, tough league as you know. Uh, Minnesota going to Ohio State and getting a win when it, like the Gophers were dead in the water. It's just, I mean, it's cliche, but you really need to take it one game at a time and focus on that one game or you're going to get upset or lose a game maybe people don't think you should lose. But good signs here and uh, you know, if you look back, Chris was out for a while. Patrick's out now. They've had Connor was out for a while. They replaced a lot off of last year's team, obviously. You don't get it before draft pick, I guess, in the history of the Iowa program. Uh, and then also Jordan Bohannon. So I think there was some growing pains. I think if you're a glass half full, you feel like they've moved through some of those growing pains. Um, but still, we'll see. I mean, it, it's a difficult schedule. These next two are huge, Maryland and Northwestern, because after that it's in Columbus and East Lansing. So these next two are big.
1: What are the chances they can make it through this three-game stretch of home games 3 all?
9: I think it's pretty good. I think Maryland's a little bit off uh, new coaching staff, turnover of players, obviously, when the coaches change. Uh, Northwestern's really dangerous. Uh, obviously, really good guard play from them so far this year. Uh, but these are home games that Iowa should win. They, they, I would say they gave away the one against Wisconsin, but that was a winnable game uh, that that kind of hurts. Uh, you got to win at home and then maybe get one or two on the road. Um, but Iowa's, you know, at 3-3, three three, you're looking, and we've talked about it before, you, probably 10-10 and 10 in the league gets them in the NCAA tournament. Anything less than that, you're going to have to do some work in Chicago uh, come March.
1: Did you see this type of development coming from Philippa braccia Bracha, what we've seen out of him, especially the last month?
9: No, it's really impressive, isn't it? I mean, I was trying to think about it, you know, the last few games watching him, what's different. He looks more explosive and much more confident. Um, and maybe that's what it took last year, kind of going through the league and getting banged around a little bit with some of the, you know, the size is uh, – um, all over the place in the league. Uh, he seems to have really figured out how to maximize being undersized big in this league. And it's impressive. He can shoot with both both hands. He's gotten stronger, too. But just really, he's, he's quick off the bounce, uh, a lot quicker than he was last year. I haven't talked to him about that, but I'd be interested to see what he worked on to kind of – Uh, advance that explosiveness
1: the thing that I've noticed with him and I think maybe it comes with the confidence is he also seems to be having fun now you see him smiling a lot more than you did last year and even the early part of this year so kind of going hand in hand you get your confidence you start having double double nights you smile a little bit more and enjoy yourself out there
9: yeah no question he's just I think there's a comfort level too after going through it after one year it's a huge jump from North Dakota to, to the Big Ten, obviously, uh, and he just he seems like the, the the confidence and being comfortable combined with I think he worked hard on his game in offseason and all of those things coming together is uh it's really shining so far.
1: Okay, the hero last night, Peyton Sanford, nine of seventeen from the floor in a little over thirty two minutes, twenty six points. Would the real Peyton Sandford stand up? Is is Peyton Sanford the guy that goes out and and has those o for nights? Is he the guy that we saw last night, or is the real truth somewhere in the middle?
9: I'll play the. I'll ride the and say somewhere in the middle. I think he has obviously the potential to do what he did last night. He's going to have nights where it's a little bit harder to to. Uh, you know, his shot may be off a little bit. just go through slumps. So, you know, we saw with Jordan Bohannon. We've seen him with Mac, when Matt has played here. Go through the years, some of the better shooters that have uh, played for Fran, and they go through slumps. And, and there's probably some nights where he's going to be off or has a really good defender on him that makes it more difficult for him to get his shot off. Uh, but he's pretty active, too, and he does little things. Decent rebounder. He can score going to the basket. Uh, it's going to be a matter of him, Todd, adjusting to what defenses do with him. If they're going to take away the outside shot, he's got to be able to put it on the back and either get to the basket or find openings when he's getting more attention. So I think we forget sometimes he's only a year and a half, roughly, into his, his college basketball career. And, and the fight usually at the beginning of their career is to find consistency and we've seen the inconsistency this year, you just hope that he's more consistent, even though he's going to have really good nights and maybe some off nights. You just want the off nights to be too off.
1: Rob Howe, Nation.com joining me previewing the Maryland game on Sunday, looking back on the overtime win last night by the Hawkeyes against Michigan. Speaking of shooters, what about the emergence of Josh Dix here? How is Fran McCaffrey going to find him a little bit more court time because it seems when he's out there, he's knocking down shots.
9: Yeah, and you've kind of seen him, you know, do what what Peyton Sampson did last year, which was kind of the build-up as the season goes on. And he seems like he's gaining more confidence, being a little bit more comfortable out there, a little bit more assertive. Um, He's always had the shot. I figured if he could find that, losing Bohannon off the last, last year's team and And Keegan, uh, Patrick not being in the lineup now, you need somebody to space the floor, and he does that. Um, He's a different type of player than Tony Perkins and Aaron Uless. The cool thing last night with him, Todd, was he had five assists, so he can pass the ball too. He's more than just a shooter, um, and he's a tough kid, obviously, coming back from a really horrible injury as quickly as he did. Uh, He had to work hard to do that, and uh, he's about a year removed from that roughly So it's amazing what he's been able to do in that amount of time to get back to play at this high of a level. Again, you want consistency. He's a freshman. You're going to see ups and downs. We've seen that with DeSante Bowen this year. Um, But Fran, and you know this, Todd, he's really good at playing, riding the hot hand and finding the combinations that work on a given night. And he found that last night with Sanford and Dix coming off the bench with the three other starters. And I think there's a place for Josh to find himself in the rotation and earn more minutes based on matchups.
1: Do we know how much longer this team's going to be without Joshua Gundelay and, and to an extent, uh, Patrick McCaffrey? And Patrick's situation obviously is is unique here, and and I don't really think there's a timetable on his return. But uh, a Gundelay, you see Riley Mulvey playing 13 minutes last night. Uh, they need big men at this portion of the Big Ten schedule.
9: Yeah, for sure. And I think, as, you, as we started with, I think Rebrach's, uh development and, and being more consistent in such so consistent, the word of the day, but more playing bigger maybe than he looks physically I think is helpful. But if you can get Mulvey in for 10 to 12 minutes a game um, to spell Phillip and – help in the post and give yourself some size. I think that helps. I haven't really heard on Josh. Um, He's still limping around. I saw him kind of limping around last night, so I think the foot is still bothering him. And with Patrick, as you said, it's just kind of a wait and see. Uh, He was very into it last night. He's been very into it on the bench. I think it's just going to be a matter of when he feels like he's comfortable again going out there and performing in front of folks again.
1: I think that's about all we can get out of basketball at this point. Uh, how about uh, football? What's going on in the uh, program right now? Uh, we mentioned this yesterday I did on the show, the uh, $500,000 donation from Elite to the Swarm Collective. That's That's got to help alleviate the uh, concerns of Kirk Ferentz, Fran McCaffrey, and Lisa Bluter about the state of the collective, right?
9: That's a help, no doubt. I mean, we've heard from Brad Heinrichs about, you know, the uh, disconnect, I guess you could say with the athletic department so maybe they're taking matters into their own hands and uh, the coaches with the help of the coaches to build this thing if the athletic department's going to drag its feet uh, and this is a good move it was I mean if you think about it and just take a step back and I'm sure you have as somebody who uh, is very interested in uh, uh, the wagering uh, of in sports to think about a, a casino, a book, Sponsoring basically college athletes is just insane. Uh, when you look back to you know when we were growing up, but that's the day and age we're in. And I think from a collective standpoint, we see how competitive competitive it is now nationwide with these collectives that you have to keep pushing and building. And this was a huge step, obviously a half a million dollars, but you can't stop. You have to keep going because. There's, there are always going to be more guys coming into the transfer portal. There will be guys available, guys you'll have injuries, you're going to have needs. It's like professional sports where you're trying to fill in holes in your roster and you have to have resources to be able to do that.
1: Lots still been made of Kirk Ferentz's comments about doing the overhaul, the look at the program after the season is over. Any idea on on when we could see or hear about some movement here? Because some fans are concerned that, look, if you're going to make changes, there's coaches all across the country who are taking new jobs right now. So the longer that you wait, if you're going to make change or changes, you you may not have the the deepest pool available.
9: Yeah, it's true. And I think what, you're looking at here the, the coaches convention was this week so that's where a lot of you know handshakes and you know backroom discussion And is there an opening there can i get this guy on my staff we're seeing that now come you know with the moves made at clemson alabama old miss today there's movement as you talked about todd i think that that came from the coaches convention i think for iowa the 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 thing that i wonder about is kirk ferentz historically does not like to fire coaches or even have them move on. So it's almost like he's waiting to see what opens up for guys on his staff that may be looking to move, whoever that may be, before making a move. What you hope is he's putting together a list of potential candidates to fill openings where he thinks they may come. Um, but we've seen Iowa move slow with this in the past, you know, with, with movement in February. But you're right, the, the clock has sped up a little bit here, so you have to be proactive. But I just, I just wonder if he's going to cut guys loose before they find another landing spot. That, to me, is what I wonder about. I don't know. We haven't had access to Kirk to ask him about it.
1: Rob, appreciate you taking the time to join me here on a Friday. Look forward to chatting with you the next time you're on. Sounds good,
9: Todd. Have a good weekend.
1: Rob Howe, HawkeyeNation.com as Iowa gets ready to host Maryland. Again, that's a 331 tip-off time slated for the Big Ten Network on Sunday afternoon. Iowa State Men. We mentioned that we've got that game for you tomorrow. Here on the network, John Walters and Eric Heft on the call from Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. 3 o'clock tip-off. The pregame begins at 2 o'clock. That is an ESPN Plus broadcast for Cyclone fans if you're looking for it on TV. Kansas swept the season series a year ago. Bill Self, 35-10 and 10 all-time against Iowa State. 32 of those 35 victories have come while he's been head coach of the Jayhawks. 451, we'll step aside ever so briefly. I'm going to come back, we'll wrap up hour number one, give you a preview of what's to come during drive time. Brought to you by Linder Tire, the 5 o'clock hour, featuring a lot of wildcard weekend discussion back in 60 seconds. Need to update your
10: furniture? Menards has the furniture you need in stock. Plus, you get a free rug. That's right. Buy any upholstered living room furniture at 2 dollars or more and get a free 5x7 area rug. That's $149.99 in savings. Need a new chair? How about a sectional, a new recliner, or love seat? Buy one today. Get a free rug. Hurry up. Get to Menards before they're gone. In-store only while supplies
3: last. Save big money at Menards.
10: For people trying to recover from opioid use disorder, it's hard to know where to begin. At IowaOpioidHelp.com, you'll find resources near you for proven treatment and a road back to your old self. Because opioid addiction is not a character flaw. It's an illness. If you or a loved one is struggling with opioid use disorder, visit IowaOpioidHelp.com today. Start here. Start healing. Sponsored by the Iowa Attorney General's Office and the Iowa Broadcasters Association in cooperation with this station
1: stay tuned after the show tonight from six until seven o'clock it is the betfred sports book hour coming your way exclusively here on kgym matt perrault and dave sharapan coming your way from las vegas They'll give you their thoughts on Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. And if you missed the show, want to go back and catch up on it later, think you heard something interesting and want to make sure, double-check your work, we put the podcast available on our website, kgymradio.com. While you're there, you can vote in today's poll question. It has to do with Super Wild Card Weekend. How about that? Poll question brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Steve Anderson and his staff, doing excellent work in Iowa City. You can find them on Highway 1 West. Which home favorite should be on upset alert this weekend in the playoffs? Your choices. The San Francisco 49ers hosting the Seattle Seahawks. The Buffalo Bills facing off with the Miami Dolphins. The Minnesota Vikings hosting the New York Giants and the Cincinnati Bengals welcoming their rival, the Baltimore Ravens. The two teams that you will not see on that poll, well, the Chargers are favored on the road in Jacksonville. We're going to talk about that matchup and then some with Mia O'Brien coming up in just a few minutes. And San or, and Tampa Bay and Dallas. Dallas is a road favorite, but the reason that that wasn't included In the poll question, not only is Dallas the road team, it's Monday night. I can talk about that all I want on Monday leading up to kickoff. So we'll focus on the games that are actually taking place this weekend because I think there are quite a few that are going to pique a lot of people's interests. Teams that are not in the playoffs making some news today as well. Sean McVay informing the Rams that he's going to be back as head coach in 2023. Uh, some speculation as to his future with the franchise, like leading them to a Super Bowl one year, missing the playoffs the next. He's going to be back at SoFi Stadium moving forward for at least another year. Eric Bieniemy out continuing to interview for head coaching jobs, most likely going to wind up not getting those head coaching jobs. The hot name right now, it's not Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, and it appears Jim Harbaugh is going to be staying put in Ann Arbor and unless something completely comes out of left field at this point. But the hot name, Sean Payton. A lot of teams talking to the New Orleans Saints about hiring Sean Payton. He had stepped away from the organization prior to last season. Still teams looking for permission to chat with him. Those teams include the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals. 319 366 1600 I am going to be taking a part in the Bet Rivers football betting blitz all throughout the NFL postseason. You can follow along with my picks on Twitter at Todd Camp. Big thank you to our friends at Bet Rivers and wild rose for bringing me into that contest it's a veritable who's who of contestants that i've gone up with uh, in the past in contest baseball contests hockey contests uh, the like follow along the hashtag bet blitz 2023 my first play I'll get to some of these other plays in the 5 o'clock hour but i'm taking san francisco i'm moving the number down to six and a half. I like San Francisco as less than a touchdown favorite, and I'm going to toss in George Kittle getting two touchdowns in that game. The payout 15 to one if that particular parlay happens. Again, a big thank you to Bet Rivers and follow along. Hashtag BetRiversBlitz2023. All the information you need and then some for a weekend of super wildcard action coming up. After the top of the hour break, here as the Todd
10: Roland Camp show continues on KGYM. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm your game day face paint, and you just rubbed me right into your eye. Now your vision is super irritated. So is that driver you just hit. And if you have cut rate car insurance, these damages will rob you blind. So switch to Allstate, save $744, and get protected from mayhem like me.
8: General savings of new customers surveyed in 2021 who reported auto savings when switching to Allstate. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
9: With other lenders, it can feel like they're calling the wrong plays, not cross-country mortgage. They're the masterminds behind perfect play calling. Go with them, and your home loan experience will end in a victory parade in your new neighborhood. You're the perfect free agent to sign with the best loan originators in the game, and cross-country mortgage is dedicated to getting it done. Reach out today at ccm.com. That's ccm.com.
0: Equal housing opportunity. All loans subject to underwriting approval. Cross-country mortgage LLC. NMLS 3029. NMLSconsumeraccess.org.
3: Is that a horse?
5: Actually, it's a wild stallion. Since Navy Federal Credit Union's Platinum Card made it easier to tame our holiday debt, I wanted to see if I could tame something else. Uh Help me saddle up. I need to pick the kids up from school.
8: With a
10: low intro APR on balance transfers, the Platinum Credit Card lets you take control of your debt.
8: Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash PlatinumOffer. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA.
10: Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member of
5: Broadcasting from the Circus Sports Iowa studio.
0: This is KGYM AM and KCIA HD3 and 4. Cedar Rapids. Cedar KGYM Sports Radio. The gym is SportsCenter. Center i'm doug brown chargers wide out mike
1: williams is out for tomorrow night's wildcard playoff game against the jaguars williams has a
0: small fracture in his back from the regular season finale against the broncos espn's lindsey theory reports unless the chargers make a long playoff run williams
1: season could be over ravens quarterback lamar jackson won't play in sunday's
0: game against the bengals And ESPN's Field Yates believes there might be a difference of opinion between Jackson and the team. My interpretation, to borrow Fitz's word, would be that the Ravens seem to think Lamar is fairly close to returning. And Lamar's absence from practice in his tweet last night does not seem to reflect that.
7: Field Yates
0: on Fitz and Harry. Rams head coach Sean McVay will stay on the job next year after mulling over his future. Last year, McVeigh signed a contract extension through the 2026 season. ESPN's Jeff Passan reports the Padres will sign outfielder Juan Soto to a one-year, $23 million contract to avoid arbitration.
2: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE.
3: If you have an ESPN Radio Extra Point
10: with Jason Fitz.
3: Think about think about the fan voice on this. Sometimes, like, how many people listen? Right, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you make widgets. I don't care if you sit. You, you work at a factory. You work at a diner. You work at ESPN. If your bosses came to you and said, "You know what? Here's the thing." going to need you to take a pay cut so I can make more money. How many people listening right now would just say up yours and walk out from that situation? But whenever we're talking about athletes, we're like, well, wait, 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 wait. And I realize that everybody's going to say, well, that's because they make so much to do what they do. But at some point, that's relative to everybody. How many people right now would kill to have a job like you and I would, right? But you still got to know your worth. We hear this all the time where people say, know your worth. Why do we have a problem when an athlete knows their worth and doesn't want to take a pay cut just to make fans more comfortable with the salary cap that's imaginary in the first place?
10: When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor Every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies Advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies Advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fansville, where the refs are always wrong and Dr. Pepper is always right. Always. Where the mountains are capped with cooler ice
1: and children learn the 23 flavors of Dr. Pepper before they learn the alphabet. Smart. It's the one place where a man is a six unless he's wearing face paint. He's a 10. And where fans deserve a Dr. Pepper no matter if they win or lose. But we're gonna win. Get ready for anything
10: to happen this college football season on Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Grab some today.
1: officially drive time here in the Circus Sports Iowa studios at 5.03. 5 o'clock hour brought to you by Linder Tire. Get your car ready to continue this winter driving season. We are in the middle of it. Make your next appointment online at LinderTire.com. Pick the date, time, and location that works best for you. Linder will get back to you. It is as easy as that. LinderTire.com. Find them in Iowa City, North Liberty, and Grinnell. Super wild card weekend coming up in the National Football League, I'll give you my picks, not forcing you to follow those picks, but I will share my thoughts on the games coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour before we turn you over to Matt Perrault and Dave Sharapan, the Betfred Sportsbook Hour coming up in just under an hour here on Eastern Iowa's home for ESPN Radio, 1600 AM, 1023, 1063 FM. Frequencies that our next guest knows all too well from her time at CBS Two here in Eastern Iowa. She now calls Jacksonville, Florida, home. It is the one and only Mia O'Brien. I understand you are on your way to dinner right now. So, how far of a how far of a car ride are we talking here? Are you going to cut me off after five or six minutes, or do we have a good full segment with you?
5: Oh, you get a full segment, don't you worry. We're parked in the parking lot. We're ready to go all good i listen you know me i always make time for you todd my hawks my cyclones and my panthers
1: okay well let's make some time for the jaguars here because i have felt all along they're my favorite play this week i think the jaguars are going to beat the chargers this weekend that makes me nervous that i feel this confident here trevor lawrence has never started a playoff game before But he told you guys in the media down there he feels like the last two months have essentially been a playoff for this team.
5: That is correct. And if you needed a specific example of that, look no further than last Saturday's de facto AFC championship game. It was a standalone primetime Saturday night game. So seven days removed from that will be this AFC wildcard showdown. He has already now played in the raucous home environment of 70,000-plus screaming in teal and black. And so, yeah, I, I do think that while it was win or go home for the five, six games leading up to that, I think there was a little more wiggle room. Last week was obviously you have to win and get in unless a funky, fluky AFC wild card scenario occurs. And so you saw the Jaguars in the first half of last week playing a little bit more tight than they usually do. I will tell you this, Todd, when people ask me to describe being on the field pregame during warm-ups, I said it sounds like every other National Football League venue that I have ever been to in which the home team takes the field, the crowd goes absolutely insane, most of the crowd is already in their seats. Typically with the the Jacksonville fans, you know, they're great fans here, Jaguar fans. We love them to death. But they like to arrive about 10, 20 minutes before the game starts, not an hour and 45 minutes before the game kicks off. That was not the case on Saturday night. There were very strict commands from all the fan groups around here you need to be in the stadium by 7 o'clock. And so when the the team did take the field around 7.30 for their preliminary warm-ups, everyone went nuts. And it sounded like Arrowhead. It sounded like Lucas Oil. And then when the opposition, the Tennessee Titans, took the field, there was plenty of booze. And I can confidently say that while, yes, that is one of the Jaguars' most heated rivals, there's always booze. it was some of the loudest boos I've heard in pregame warm-ups in my four and a half years here. And so, um, yeah, I think that Trevor and the gang really were able to get, get over those playoff quote unquote jitters a week ago. And I have to ask you, did you make that Jags prediction before or after the news of Mike Williams now being out for this game? Because I know that that's changed a lot of people's tune around the national football league for this one
1: before, but I I am going to ask you whether or not you think that is going to impact the planning or has Jacksonville kind of figured he was going to be out all along.
5: Yeah, he scored a touchdown against them in the Week 3 matchup. He's a deep ball threat. The Jaguars are really confident right now in their outside corner tandem of Darius Williams and Tyson Campbell. They allowed just 26 yards, uh, four catches on eight targets a week ago with one pass defended and then Tyson Campbell's interception. So they're very confident in those two right now. The question mark is at the nickel position, which Williams was playing. The beginning of the year they kind of forced him in there when he came home to Jacksonville where he's from from playing and starting opposite Jalen Ramsey ironic I know and with the Los Angeles Chargers or Los Angeles Rams excuse me on their Super Bowl run a year ago and they kind of were trying to fit a circle peg in a square hole just to justify the fact that Shaq Griffin who has the highest cap number on this Jaguars team could start opposite the second year sensation Campbell Uh, Shaq Griffin got hurt wink wink Um, We still don't really know the extent of that back injury, back surgery that he had. He has not really been in the locker room since that injury. Uh, They continued to play Williams at the nickel, and they tried to have Trey Herndon, the longtime veteran Jaguar, former undrafted free agent, play the outside spot. It really wasn't working. They moved him back to the nickel. He has had some success but he's not the athlete that those other two guys are. I say all this to say the biggest matchup you will see in this game is Keenan Allen versus Trey Herndon in the slot, as well as seeing if the Jaguars' two rookie linebackers, Chad Mumma and Devin Lloyd, are able to drop back in coverage and handle not only the tight ends of the Chargers, but also Austin Eckler. The Jaguars have allowed the most receptions by a running back of any team in the National Football League this year. And so that's where I'm most curious how they're able to manage those matchups you take away Williams and so that'll allow you to double and bracket those guys but at the same time those matchups that could be nightmares still do exist
1: I got a better matchup for you I want your thoughts on Brandon Staley and Doug Peterson how big of an advantage do the Jags have from a coaching standpoint this weekend oh
5: you're the wrong gal. Uh, I have not been a Staley fan from the jump. Uh, I affectionately call him the Big Brain, um, just because. I, you listen, I'm here for analytics. I love when Doug Peterson goes for on fourth down most of the time. Um, but I've I just never really caught on to you know that they everyone was ooing and awing over this guy's midweek pressers last year. And uh, listen, he may end up fooling Doug Peterson tomorrow night, and I'll eat my words, and that's okay. Um, but I've never really been overly impressed with him. Doug Peterson obviously has the record he does in the postseason. He's won a Super Bowl, Brandon Staley has never coached in the postseason, but all bets are off you know, when it comes to the playoffs. But I expect Doug to be in his bag as much as possible tomorrow because I do think that they have kept the play calling pretty conservative, Todd, over the last few weeks between a New York Jets team that they knew with Zach Wilson starting would not score against them, and then against a Houston Texans team who they knew or we all assumed was trying to tank. And then last week against a Titans team where it was a struggle to run the ball, but I believe that was more of a byproduct of the front four of the Tennessee Titans, that it was the play calling on the part of the Jaguars. You really only saw that one trick play and they fumbled on it. And from that point on, you didn't see anything too crazy from Doug Peterson in terms of his play calling. And so I am curious how many tricks he breaks out here on Saturday night.
1: Chargers are 1-5 and straight up against fellow playoff teams. I would like to see that be 1-6 and when everything is said and done here. Give me your prediction. What you got for a final score tomorrow night?
5: Uh, same circle of hell as uh, one more East Jones drew, the legendary Jaguar turned NFL Network uh, host. In that, um, I picked against the Jaguars against both the Titans and the Cowboys, uh, and they won both games. Oh. And they have now won five straight. Mm-hmm. So I have to, I have to tell you, the Chargers by three, wink, wink, wink. Um, but I do feel a lot better about the Jaguars' chances, knowing there's no Mike Williams, knowing from what I've heard, I'll tell you this week from some of the contingent out there in Los Angeles in terms of the vibes aren't as good from what I'm hearing in that Los Angeles Chargers locker room as they want you to think um, between how Justin Herbert is viewed in that building to how Brandon Staley is viewed in that building. And so I wonder if it comes to a head, if they fall to the Jaguars tomorrow night, if that is weighing on them, if the fact that Brandon Staley insisted on playing all of his starters deep into a game that was meaningless week 18 resulted in one injury to Mike Williams, and moreover, they lost the game. And so, um, genuinely curious to see what tomorrow night's outcome will mean long-term in Los Angeles because the first thing you saw a lot of people say today as soon as Mike Williams was ruled out was, is Sean Payton going to make a play to move to Los Angeles? Are there guys already thinking that in Los Angeles? And so, um, I feel a little bit better. Legally, I have to tell you, Chargers by three, um, but that's with a wink-wink.
1: I got sucked into a little bit of that with Iowa during the football season. So I know exactly, yeah, once you once you have that level of success, the reverse mojo, whatever you want to call it, then you you have to stick with the superstition. Jacksonville, a two and a half point underdog tomorrow night, totals 47 and a half in this game. I've seen a lot of people thinking that this could go under. Do you see this turning into a shootout or do you see the two defenses? showing up, and maybe the team's playing a little bit tighter than they have in the past.
5: Yeah, I've gone back and forth on that one, Todd, and the line is actually or the over-under, I should say, has moved from 48 now down to 47-and-a-half. I don't know really where this notion of, well, Brandon Staley is a great defensive play caller, and the Jags' defense has played great, so therefore it's going to be a 13-10 game. I'm not really sure like where that's come from um, because, to me, this one does scream a game that's in the high 20s for both squads, Um, simply because I think both teams are going to be able to run the ball in some capacity. The Jaguars' run defense was very strong to begin the year. They ended strong as well. I believe they finished 12th in the league. So while I think they can contain Austin Eckler, this franchise in its almost 30-year history has never been able to defend a screen pass to save their lives. I'm not really sure why. It's gotten a little bit better under doug peterson um but knowing who austin eckler is i would expect a lot of screen games on the part of the chargers um if they're smart which i don't know if joe lombardi always is i would think they'll get justin herbert on the run a little bit more and so if they can do that they will be able to move the ball on this jaguars defense that has played some of its best football of the season of late um and that's the thing though the jags defense has played some of its best ball in the last five weeks But they've still allowed teams to score. You go back to that Dallas Cowboys overtime win. Heck, you go back to last week in the first half, the Titans were kind of having whatever they wanted, even if it was just three four-yard pickups by Derrick Henry. Uh, The Jaguars were strong on first down, but then, for whatever the reason, they were faltering on second and third, even on third and short. And so um, I do think that the Chargers will be able to move the ball. It will be curious if those teams can then convert in the red zone. I expect them to do so.
1: Dolphins have any chance of keeping that close against the Bills tomorrow?
5: No, I wish um, because uh, part of me, uh, you know, we're not looking far too far ahead here in Jacksonville. But, uh, you know, obviously if the Dolphins and the Ravens were to pull off a stunner, and the Jaguars will somehow host a home playoff game next week, which will be very nice. Um, also looking ahead, way too far ahead, which I shouldn't. Um, I'm not really sure I want to get stranded in Buffalo in two weeks. Um, but, hey, listen, if we do, I will be honored to do so. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's too much emotion on the side of the Bills right now, and I think there's a lot of questions down in Miami. I had questions about Mike McDaniels coming in, McDaniel excuse me, coming into the season. I thought he was another big brain. He has proved me otherwise. He seems like a genuine dude. He's just quirky. Um, so I wish them nothing but the best, but I just don't see them getting it done with Skylar Thompson.
1: Which team would you put on upset alert this weekend?
5: Oh, um, I guess technically the Cowboys, because they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are. And why would you bet? Yeah, like, I wouldn't bet against Brady, at least in the first round. I know that that offense has been all over the ballpark. But that defense, we were talking not too long ago about how elite they were. I would like to think they're going to show up again with, you know, although Todd Bowles is still there, he's now the head coach. I would like to think they're going to show up in this first round of the playoffs against a Cowboys team that has questions on offense despite having all the playmakers to not be questioning it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the obvious one. But personally, I think the Giants-Vikings game, which I know appeals to so many of your listeners, I think that that's a game that either the Vikings win by 30 or the Giants pull off the upset by a field goal, personally speaking. Um, And then you'll be hearing all about how Brian Dable should be the coach of the year, which he has worked a miracle in New York. As you know, my roots are there in the New Jersey tri-state area. Um, and the Vikings, uh, you know, you never know who, quite what you're going to get, uh, and they're also going to make you sweat it out, kind of like the Jags the last few weeks. Um, and so, yeah, if there's if there's a tr- uh, trendy game that outside of that Cowboys-Bucks that I would pick an upset, it would be that
1: one. I don't know anybody that's taking the Vikings to win that game. That makes me very, very nervous, especially hearing one more person say, yeah, the Giants uh, pull off the upset at U.S. Bank Stadium. Mia, appreciate it as always, and maybe I continue checking in with you if the Jaguars can continue this postseason run.
5: Absolutely. I'm shocked you didn't want to talk about that big win last night. I'm so proud of Peyton Sanford. Uh, i got to give a shout-out to my boys, uh, Corey Sheets, and, of course, the one the only Gary Dolphin. They hooked up the fam when the Hawks were in New Jersey this past week. My mom and dad had a blast at the Rutgers game. Uh, I have some friends on the Rutgers staff who did not have as much fun. Um, but what a ride it's been for Fran and the gang, man. And that's with Patrick out. And uh, all, the, all the love in the world. I don't know Peyton Sanford, but my God, I was so happy for that young man making the shots he did last night. Hey,
1: I came up huge for him. You know who didn't have a good time during that Rutgers Iowa game? Steve Peichel. I like Steve Peichel, but
5: yeah. that
1: was a tough loss for Either them. It,
5: yeah. He's a really good dude, so I will tell you this: um, good buddy of mine, um, who actually suffers from cerebral palsy, is a volunteer assistant coach/slash scout for Steve. And uh, what I, I want to publicly just thank him because you know how welcoming they are to Anthony over the past three, four seasons, and. What a great program they run from top to bottom. You know, they stay. Those coaches sign autographs. The players sign autographs. Um, Just a great program. And so all the more reason for the Hawks to uh, be proud of that win this past Sunday.
1: You're the best, Mia. Enjoy dinner tonight.
5: Thank you, friend. See you guys soon.
1: All right. That's Mia O'Brien checking in from Jacksonville. Forgot to ask her whether she was heading to Casa Dora in downtown Jacksonville to say hi to my pal Freddie who makes the best cheesecake I've ever had in my life? If there's one thing that the Tax Slayer slash Gator Bowl had going for it, it was the location where they put us, which was within walking distance of one of the best Italian joints you're ever going to find. We we talked Greek yesterday with Dave Sherapan. He's on the program. We had a, not one but two people on the text line last night wanting to know the name of the Greek restaurant that Dave was raving about during his segment with me on the program. Casa Dora is the Italian joint in Jacksonville, if you ever find yourself there. Really strange, Jacksonville, and I think this is still true, but it's like uh, as far as municipalities go, it's like the most spread out city. I, I, can't, uh, I can't give you the exact... Jacksonville is sprawling. That's the, I believe, clinical definition of Jacksonville. You can be in one spot in Jacksonville and be very, very far from where you need to be. And it's, it's not as if Jacksonville is New York City or Chicago. But it's just very, very spread out. And we'll see. I like the Jaguars. I do. Uh, it makes me nervous. I, I like two games this weekend that everybody seems to like. And if you've been listening, you probably figured out which two games those are at this point. 319-366-1600. will give you my picks for the weekend games coming up in just a little bit. we got uh, college basketball tomorrow. You can hear the Cyclones and the Kansas Jayhawks right here on KGYM. A couple big games tonight in the Big Ten including Purdue and Nebraska. Now, I say a big game in the Big Ten, and you go, Nebraska and Purdue is not necessarily a big game, but look what Minnesota did last night, going to Columbus. Anything is possible. Nebraska and Purdue tipping off at the top of the hour. So about 40 minutes from now at Mackey Arena. Boilermakers a 16-point favorite in that contest, and not good news for Fred Hoiberg, Sam Griesel is going to be out tonight for the Huskers. He's averaging 11.1 points and 5.4 rebounds per game. So not only are you going into the lion's den to face Zach Eadie and the number three team in the country, but you're doing it at less than full strength. Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans visiting the State Farm Center. It will always be Assembly Hall to me in Champaign tonight, Illinois. A six-and-a-half-point favorite over Tom Izzo and the Spartans. If there's one Big Ten team that I cannot figure out this season, it's Illinois. I, I just I don't know what to make of Brad Underwood's team right now. They're 11-5 and five overall. They are a much different team this year than they've been the past couple seasons with Kofi Coburn and Andre Curbelo and Ayo Desumu and... Just different makeup at this year's Illini squad. Sometimes I look at them and I see them as a a middle of the road decent contender in the Big Ten, and then there's other times where I watch them and I think uh, I don't see what Brad has going for him there in Champaign. I wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan State pull off the upset tonight in that contest. Is Illinois six and a half point favorite? The total on that one's one thirty seven. You can watch it on FS1. That's an 8 o'clock. That's a late tip-off tonight. Nebraska and Purdue, as I mentioned, tipping off in just under 40 minutes. It's on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Big 12 games coming up for you tomorrow. We mentioned Iowa State and Kansas from Allen Fieldhouse, number 14 versus number 2. Also have another top 25 matchup in the conference. It's Kansas State. Number 11, Kansas State traveling to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex to take on number 17, TCU. Jamie Dixon doing a really nice job with that Horned Frog squad this season. TCU is a four-point favorite. Oklahoma welcoming West Virginia to Norman. The Sooner is a three-point favorite. Baylor favored by five-and-a-half at home against Oklahoma State tomorrow. And Texas Tech visits number 10, Texas. That's on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Lots of speculation about who the next head coach of the Texas Longhorns is going to be if you were listening to the program earlier in the week. You heard me mention there's a little bit of smoke surrounding John Calipari at Kentucky. I don't know if that's the direction that Texas wants to go. Texas has tried a number of things in the last Post Rick Barnes era, you've got Shaka Smart, didn't work out. Chris Beard, I think, would have worked out had he not, well, had he not been arrested for domestic violence and fired with cause. I don't think anybody's going to feel sorry for Chris Beard. But do you go with the, I guess, youngish, up and coming coaches as they've tried or? Is this to tie the pendulum swings back toward the Rick Barnes's the established coach? And do you want a coach as established as John Calipari or maybe somebody with, with a little less baggage than Coach Cal? They're ready to move on from him at Kentucky. I bring Kentucky up because they're in a world of trouble right now. Kentucky is... In danger Now, as I said yesterday on the show, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. But Kentucky is in danger of possibly not making it to the NCAA tournament this season. They're in Knoxville tomorrow. It's an 11 o'clock a.m. tip-off. Number five, Tennessee hosting the Wildcats. Tennessee is just a 12-point favorite in that game. Now, you know me. I used to work with Tyler Ryder. He's Tyler Ivans now. He's, he's using his biblical, his God-given name back in Knoxville. Tyler and about 100,000 of his closest friends there in Knoxville are all convinced that Tennessee is going to curb stomp Kentucky tomorrow. So take that for what you will, with a grain of salt. His sodium's good for you, by the way. People tell you, no, no, you've got to cut out the salt. You can have a little little bit. The key to life is moderation. A little bit of sodium. Not going to kill you. But big grain of salt with that 12-point spread tomorrow against the Wildcats. they got to figure it out. Kentucky's got to figure it out at some point, right? I mean, this is the era. We've always wondered when it was going to blow up on, on these teams. The Dukes, Kentuckys, the programs that, Rely on those one and done recruits where you're basically going out and you're churning your roster for the most part every year. You might get a guy or two that comes back for your number two. You'll have some guys that stick around for three years, but you're constantly those star scorers, your big rebounders, your guys that are dreaming of playing in the NBA. They're coming in, hopefully going to class and then getting out of there after one year. Well, it's kind of the chickens have kind of come home to roost for John Calipari at Kentucky. And we've we've talked so much on this program in the past and recently about name, image, and likeness and how it's affecting college football. And uh, you look at uh, Cam Rising coming back to Utah for another season as their quarterback, and Blake Corum is going to return to Michigan. And do those guys come back if NIL doesn't exist and they can't make a little bit of money while they're in college off of their name, image, and likeness? I think basketball is a little bit behind football, but I really am optimistic as a fan, as a longtime fan of college basketball, I'm optimistic that NIL is going to ultimately serve as a very good thing for college basketball. I, I think You look at the NBA draft, it's two rounds. You have a lot of players from Europe that are eligible. You've got guys that are going from high school to the G League. I know the rules are changing here in the very near future, but if you're a freshman, a sophomore, even a junior in college and it's not looking like you're going to get drafted, maybe, maybe you go back to school and make a little bit of money and again, you look at Jordan Bohannon making some money to sign some autographs last year, the, uh, his first and only year where he was able to benefit from NIL. You get the right players in the right spots with the, with the right opportunities. And again, I think NIL can help bring college basketball back a little bit. Like I said, I've always been a big fan of college basketball. I was nuts about college basketball when I was growing up, elementary school, middle school, high school, into college. And, and now I still enjoy college basketball, not as much as I enjoy college football, but it's just it's hard because of the turnover. you got so many guys that don't stick around. You don't have those three- and four-year starters that you used to 30 years ago. Now understand that of course the game has changed and it just sounds like I'm a really old dude shaking my fist at the clouds right now. But I'm I'm optimistic that NIL, I'm not necessarily gonna say save college basketball, but I think improve college basketball in the long run. Because I think you keep some guys around, continuity, experience, a little bit better level of play. A rising tide lifts all boats, right? That's the, that's the phrase. We'll see. I think it's going to take some time. Everybody's still getting used to NIL, but give it a couple years, and I think you'll see some of those players that maybe would have been chasing a pro career and winding up playing in Greece or, or Turkey or somewhere else in the, you know, the ABA or uh, the CBA does not exist anymore. It's basically I've been usurped by the G League at this point, thanks to Isaiah Thomas's running of the league a couple decades ago. But I think you've got kids that ultimately are going to look and say, you know what, come back to school and take advantage of that NIL money and be a big man on campus for one more year. Why not? 319-366-1600, 531 Get you a big board update here at the bottom of the hour. Betfred Sportsbook Hour with Matt Peralt and Dave Sharapan coming up in just about 30 minutes here on KGYM. When we come back, super wild card weekend in the NFL. Take a look at all of the matchups, point spreads, totals, and my picks, which you want to make some money. A couple people on the text line will tell you that you pick against me. Whatever I say, go the opposite direction. It works sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah, and it would have worked last night, too, because I did say, and I was pretty confident, Michigan plus five and a half, Michigan plus six, had it all the way till overtime. And then overtime <laughs> Overtime is where some of those bets go to die. Hawkeyes, as we mentioned, outscoring Michigan in the extra period by nine, 15 to, uh, 14 to five to uh, win 93 84 last night. Back with more of the Todd Camp show right here on Eastern Iowa's Home for ESPN Radio after this.
0: Time for a big board update on KGYM. I'm Spencer Wagon. let's start with college basketball where Peyton Sanford scored 24 of his career high 26 points in the second half and overtime as the Iowa men's basketball team rallied to beat Michigan 93 to 84 in overtime Thursday night at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Sanford scored the final seven points of regulation, including a four point play with 20 seconds left to force overtime. Chris Murray added 27 for the Hawkeyes who have won three straight they will host Maryland coming up Sunday afternoon. Game time is set for 3.30. In the NFL, the playoffs begin this weekend with the wild card round, and former Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy will lead the San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow afternoon in the first game of Wild Card weekend. Purdy says the team is feeling good heading into the playoffs.
6: I mean, Fred said it really well at practice yesterday. He's like, man, you should feel this, you know, this, Feeling in your gut, you know, man, we're in we're in playoffs. It matters. Obviously every single day every meeting every minute matters Um, So like there's a good vibe right now going on, you know, obviously I practice in the locker room So feels good. It's good energy Um, We just got to translate it onto the field and and be detailed with everything because everything matters. So um, But all the guys are really juiced up
0: the 49ers and Seahawks kick off tomorrow at 3.30. And history was made for the Iowa State women's soccer team as goalkeeper Jordan Silkowitz was taken by the Kansas City Current in the National Women's Soccer League draft yesterday. Silkowitz was the 18th pick overall in the NWSL draft. She's the first Cyclone to be drafted in program history. Tonight on KGYM, we've got the Betfred Sportsbook Hour at 6 with Matt Peralta and Dave Sharapan, followed by ESPN Radio Programming. And that's a big board update. I'm Spencer Wagan on the gym.
7: Eastern Iowa weather on the gym. From the CBS to iOS News now with the first forecast on right. meteorologist next door. Decreasing clouds throughout the night tonight, northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Temperatures in the upper teens for your Saturday, partly cloudy skies throughout the afternoon, temperatures back in the mid-30s. Saturday night, mainly cloudy to partly cloudy skies, temperatures dropping to near 30. On Sunday and a remaining cloudy sky, we're back in the mid-40s for highs. Monday, temperatures right back near 50. South winds gusting around 25 miles per hour with rain likely throughout the day. And that was a check of your iWiz News now with the first forecast.
8: Just about the time Willa Dickens began as a watchmaker at Hertine & Stocker Jewelers, a romantic notion was blooming in 1940s America. The idea that a diamond, like love itself, is precious and lasting. More than ever before, proposals began including twinkling rings in velvet-lined Hertin & Stocker boxes. Decades of engagements and countless shimmering rings later, happy, nervous hands are still accepting these promises of always from Hertine & Stocker. The designs are always modern and fresh, but the service is still as exceptional as it was in those very early days. Perhaps that rare blend of present and past is the reason Hertine & Stocker has been voted best jewelry store in Iowa City 12 years running. Stop and see what's sparkling in those famous windows at Hertine & Stalker Jewelers. Corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City then step inside and say hi to willa terry tim or kate one of them is always there
0: just when it feels like smooth sailing your it person leaves and rocks your entire business boat
10: Network overboard! now
0: who's going to captain your it ship network computer solutions they're ready to hop on board and keep you on course whether you're a tiny rowboat or a giant ocean liner network computer solutions will keep your business cruising along with pricing options that won't make you feel anchored down. Network Computer Solutions is your IT safe harbor. Meet them now at NCSEI.com.
8: Working out has been proven to increase your self-esteem, help with depression, anxiety, and stress. At iGym, we care about you as a person. That's why we have personal trainers you can connect with, group exercise classes so you don't feel alone, saunas to help you relax, and many more amenities.
5: This year, I'm doing it for me.
8: This year, I'm joining iGym for me. Start your health journey for less than $1 a day. Head over to joinigymia.com to learn more.
1: Emil's Hideaway is the place to get together. Stop in for a drink and some chow with your buddies. Emil's opens every day at 4. If you're hanging out at home instead, order pickup and delivery at emil'shideaway.com. Emil's Hideaway, a great place to meet up with friends. Talk Super Wild Card Weekend here on the Todd Camp Show, shall we? That's actually the subject of our poll question tonight at KGYMRadio.com. Which home team that's favored should be on upset alert this weekend? There's only four choices because one game does not take place on the weekend. It's the Monday night game, which doesn't count either because the home team is the underdog there. I still don't know how Tom Brady catches points at home in a postseason game. Now, CBS Sports has a bold predictions article up, and the I don't think this is a bold prediction, but Jerry Jones fires Mike McCarthy after a playoff loss. That doesn't strike me as going out on too heavy of a limb there, especially given the fact that there are some intriguing coaching candidates out there. So Tampa Bay is an underdog at home and playing on Monday night. They don't count. And Jacksonville is a home underdog still as well against the Chargers tomorrow night. So they don't count. So your choices in the poll question today, home underdog or which home team that's favored is on upset alert this weekend? San Francisco, Buffalo, Minnesota or Cincinnati. Poll question brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement on Highway 1 West in Iowa City. Let's go ahead and start with Seattle and San Francisco. The 49ers and Seahawks, a 330 kick on Fox tomorrow. San Francisco is a nine-point favorite. Let's do this because I don't think that that's accurate. I'm looking here on one of the national media outlets. I don't necessarily think that they are up to the minute on their point spread. So our good friend, we are coming to you from the Circus Sports Iowa studios on the Southwest side of Cedar Rapids. So let's take a look at Circus Sports. They've got the Niners as a nine and a half point favorite. The key number here is 10. I think if it gets to 10, you bet the Seahawks over under 42 San Francisco is 10 and five against the spread as a favorite this season. These two teams have met twice this season. Back in Week 2, the game was played in San Francisco, Santa Clara, Levi's Stadium. 49ers won 27-7. They were an 8.5-point favorite in that game. And then in Week 15 in Seattle, a um, much tougher game for the 49ers, but they did win 21 21- 13 as a three-point favorite. So the 49ers have won both matchups. They've also covered in both matchups. That's tough to do three times in one season. I like Brock Purdy and San Francisco. They're my pick to win the Super Bowl right now. I think they're going to have their hands full against Seattle. That's why if you heard me mention the Bet Rivers betting blitz 2023, hashtag I teased San Francisco down to a a six-and-a-half-point favorite and parlayed that with George Kittle. It's a long shot, but it's a contest. And that's how you win these contests is you have to throw some darts. So do I like taking George Kittle to get two touchdowns in a game where the total is dropping? Not necessarily, but we'll see. Got to have some fun while watching these two games, right? So, Total is 42. I'm going to say that game goes under. I will take the Seahawks plus 9.5. I am keeping track of these, by the way, so we could revisit them on Monday. You guys can all have a laugh at my expense. I'll take Seattle plus 9.5 and and under 42 points in in that game. The other game, I've been pretty clear about this one all along, The Chargers at Jacksonville, the Jaguars, are a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Total in that game, 47-and-a-half. I'm going to take the Jacksonville money line in that one. Circa has that at plus 126. You're paying minus 110 juice to get the two-and-a-half points. If it's less than a field goal, and I think the team is going to win outright, I take the money line any chance that I can get there. I'm also going to say that that game goes under the 47 and a half. Mia O'Brien who joined me here in the 5 o'clock hour drive time brought to you by Linder Tire and LinderTire.com said she can see both teams getting into the 20s here. I'm going to trust Doug Peterson and Jacksonville to have a game plan to slow Austin Eckler. No Mike Williams confirmed out micro fracture in his back. What I know we've talked about this this week, but what was Brandon Staley thinking last week in a game that did not mean anything to the Chargers? They were locked in, kept his starters in that game, and winds up costing them their big-time jump ball playmaking wide receiver and Mike Williams. Unless this team gets to the Super Bowl, he's done for the year. Jacksonville, I'm going to take, I take Jacksonville on principle alone, given the decision last week by Staley to keep his, keep his starters in. On Sunday, things kick off with the Dolphins and the bills. This is, this is difficult to do in a, in a postseason game. The bills are a 13 and a half point favorite now that Skylar Thompson is going to be the starter for Miami. You look at what these two teams have done uh, this season. I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo a lot. I think they've got some, I don't want to say angels in the outfield mojo on their side here because I'm not a huge believer in that type of stuff. But I think that locker room is bonded together for life after what took place in Cincinnati with DeMar Hamlin. And sometimes when when guys feel that connection and it carries over onto the field – I'm going to take Buffalo. Ah, this is... I'm going to lay the 13-and-a-half with Buffalo because I don't see how a seventh-round draft pick in Skylar Thompson on a team with injuries on the offensive line and elsewhere on the offensive side of the ball. I looked earlier. FanDuel has the Miami team total at 13-and-a-half points for this contest on Sunday. I think they very well may be held to 10 or 13 points. Obviously, they scored two touchdowns there, and you wind up losing your wager. Total in this game's dropped from 46.5 down to 43 and a half. It's 43.5 right now at Circus Sports. I'm going to take the over there at 43 and a half. I think at 46 and a half. Uh, You got a lot of people that are betting it down under 46.5, under 45.5. Total keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. I'll go be a little bit of a contrarian there. So give me the over at 43.5. Giants and Vikings, again, this is a game that I have been pretty clear on from the get-go. I'm going to take the Giants. It's at 3 right now. So do I take the field goal? and if i if you get a push say the vikings win 20 to 17 was that the score the first time these two met uh i don't know no 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 go ahead and give me the giants money line at plus 133 and the total in that game is 48 and a half points you're inside us bank stadium giants Vikings, I'm going to go over 48-and-a-half there. I don't like that. I wouldn't play that with my own money. I'm not playing all these games, but just a thought there. Ravens and Bengals. This one has me just absolutely in a tizzy because of the quarterback situation with the Ravens and where the total is at, the correlation between the number of points that you're getting and the total here. Bengals opened up as a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think this has been bet all the way up to uh, eight-and-a-half. Now, I think it touched nine earlier in the week. There was no way that it was going to get to 10. This is a, a, not only is a divisional game, but a divisional rival game. Here's some statistics for you. Since 2003, when divisional opponents meet uh, in the playoffs, the road team has gone 16-8-1 against the spread. So go back to 2003. So in the last 20 years, when divisional opponents meet in the playoffs, the road team has gone 16-8-1 against the spread. Same time span, last 20 years, teams that covered 70% or more during the regular season, and the Bengals are were a covering machine this year, 18- 21-1 against the spread in the playoffs, but when that team that covered 70% or more during the regular season is the favorite in the playoffs. Again, we're talking divisional matchups here in the playoffs. That number drops to 11-18 and 18 against the spread. So you've got some trends here that are on the side of the Ravens. I think, and this isn't groundbreaking, there's two ways that this game plays out. Baltimore is going to keep this close, and Cincinnati's going to win by a field goal, maybe four points. You're going to win your bet if you take the Ravens and the points. The other is Cincinnati wins this game by 14 or 17 points. The total's 40 and a half. I think that indicates here that a Cincinnati blowout while a possibility, give me the Ravens. This is my least favorite. If If I say Jacksonville or New York are my favorites because they're underdogs and I'm taking them to win outright. My least favorite is Baltimore, plus 8.5. But I will go with the divisional rival angle there, and I'll take under 40.5 points, similar principle to Iowa all season long. And those totals are so low that they're low for a reason. And in this particular game, I think the Bengals are going to want to control the clock. I don't think they're going to want to take too many chances. Joe Burrow's been there, done that. And I think the Ravens are going to take a similar approach as well, especially without Lamar Jackson. I is Tyler Huntley confirmed yet? I know he was still on the injury report earlier this week as well. So, we'll get to Dallas and Tampa on Monday. We are on the air. Local programming's will a local program. Local programming, third time is the charm, will be on the air Monday, even though it is the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Many of you will be off work, especially those places that observe federal holidays. Hope you are with us. You can catch up with us on the podcast if you listen to us at work and you're at home or something. You can always go back Monday night, sometime Tuesday, to listen to Tuesday's show. We'll have a full recap of the weekend on Monday as well as A reaction to Iowa and Maryland, the Terrapins coming to Carver Hawkeye Arena. So five games, ten plays, and we're looking to go seven and three would be fantastic here. Six and four, not the end of the world. And anything under 500 if you were in Las Vegas, depending on how much money you would be putting down on these games, Maybe they would comp you a drink ticket or two if you finished under 500. So we're shooting to finish seven and three or better here with these picks. Seattle plus nine and a half, under 42 points total in the game. Jacksonville on the money line to win outright at home against the Chargers. Total stays under 47 and a half there. Buffalo blows out Miami. They win by two touchdowns or more that game goes over 43 and a half. I don't like the correlation there. I, I don't in that particular aspect, but Josh Allen is able to do a lot of things with that offense and I just think the Bills are going to be or the Dolphins will be completely overmatched with Skylar Thompson as the starting quarterback. Giants money line outright winners in Minneapolis 48 and a half. I will take the over in that game. Baltimore plus 8.5, hoping that it isn't the blowout that it could be. I do like Cincinnati. San Francisco-Cincinnati, to me, is a really appealing Super Bowl because I remember when I was a kid, those two teams met in the Super Bowl. And if I recall correctly, it wasn't very pretty. It was not a good showing for the Cincinnati Bengals, who had to have been coached by Sam Weich at that point. That was that was Bill Walsh or George Seifert, the 49ers. I think Montana was still there. He hadn't ceded the starting position to Steve Young just yet, but those 49ers teams were a wagon back in the day. I'll go Baltimore plus 8.5, under 40.5 there. And again, Monday, we got all the time in the world Monday to discuss whether or not that's Tom Brady's swan song in the NFL whether he's going to continue to play at least for another week or another year depending on the outcome of that game and just exactly what will be at stake for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, speculation that Mike McCarthy could be in trouble if they lose that playoff game. You think? You think? Of course he's in trouble if they lose that playoff game. Jerry Jones, he had a long leash with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett played for Jerry Jones. He liked him. He almost treated him like a kid. He doesn't have that loyalty to Mike McCarthy. 553, I'm going to step aside here. You'll get the actual guys that know what they're talking about when it comes to this stuff in just a handful of minutes here. Top of the hour, Betfred Sportsbook Hour, every Friday during the football season here on KGYM. Matt Peralt and Dave Sharapan from Las Vegas exclusively on KGYM. I'm going to listen on my drive home tonight to see whether or not my picks match up with what these guys have to say about the games this weekend. And again, we will have all of them right here on KGY. we'll join Seattle and San Francisco in progress after the Kansas-Iowa State basketball game tomorrow. But we'll have Jacksonville and L.A. in its entirety. And then on Sunday, we'll have all three games in their entirety as well. So keep it here, 1600 AM, 1023, 1063 FM. More of the Todd Camp Show on the way as we close out another week of local programming in 60 seconds.
7: Hey, honey, how was your trip to Menards? Awesome, the Menards bag sale is back.
3: Oh, uh, what's the bag sale?
7: You grab a bag in store and save 15% on everything you can fit in the bag. I got a new cordless drill, LED bulbs to help with the electric bill, stocked up on toothpaste, always need batteries, and paint for the mudroom. Plus, all my favorite snacks.
10: Uh, Where are you going? Menards, we're out of cleaning supplies. Hurry in! Grab a bag in store now through January 14th. Get 15% off everything you can fit in the bag. See store for complete details. For people trying to recover from opioid use disorder, it's hard to know where to begin. At IowaOpioidHelp.com, you'll find resources near you for proven treatment and a road back to your old self. Because opioid addiction is not a character flaw, it's an illness. If you or a loved one is struggling with opioid use disorder, visit IowaOpioidHelp.com today. Start here, start healing. Sponsored by the Iowa Attorney General's Office and the Iowa Broadcasters Association in cooperation with this station.
4: Struck
1: by a smooth criminal. So I've got the ESPN TV on here in the Circus Sports Iowa studios. A couple of guys are going over their best bets for the weekend. I think it was Doug Kazarian. He's got the New York Giants and the three points. Now, I said money line. He's going the safer route. He's taking the points. And then Tyler. I don't know Tyler's last name. It's not Ryder. It's not Ivans. I know that much. He's got Buffalo. Minus 13 and a half against the Dolphins. So those guys agree with two of my selections. So sort of. Taking the points and taking the money line. Two different things when it comes to that Giants-Vikings game. And there are some trends that are not favorable to the Giants in that matchup. Uh, so... Uh, Minnesota won that game the previous meeting by three, 27-24 on a last-second field goal. They were a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that contest. New York outgained the Vikings in that game. Uh, there was a 100-yard like a differential on the ground between those two. New York turned the ball over a couple times. They're good in the red zone. I think they're going to hold the Vikings to some field goal opportunities and You don't bring a knife to a gunfight, and you don't kick field goals when the other team can be scoring some touchdowns. That's going to be a tough test for Daniel Jones, though. Be interested to see how that game plays out. Again, we'll have them all for you here on KGYM. Local programming is set to return on Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Spencer on Sports, hosted by Spencer Wagon, did a tremendous job this week with the big board updates later in the week. He'll be on from 2 until 3. Then you've got Scott Unash and Mark Dukes, the gym class, coming your way, courtesy of Dupaco Community Credit Union from 3 until 4. And then it's me taking a look back at Iowa and Maryland on Monday from 4 until 6. Also, of course, looking back at the weekend that was for Iowa State, you and I, and, of course, the Drake Bulldogs. Pablo, if you're listening, can't forget about the Drake Bulldogs. Isaac's going to enjoy his weekend. I'm hopefully going to enjoy my weekend. You enjoy your weekend as well. It's my favorite show on KGYM. I probably shouldn't say that. Hopefully none of my coworkers are listening. The Betfred Sportsbook Hour with Matt Peralt and Dave Sharapan coming your way right now, courtesy of Betfred Sports.